What's good, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Amitelica TIS podcast with your host, Jai Shields, here on this Memorial Day weekend, Saturday, May the 29th, 2021. And yes, it is yours truly's 19th birthday. 19th time yours truly has uh, made the whole 365 or 366 days if there's a leap year around the sun. Uh, thank you for the happy birthday wishes and your wonderful uh, messages. I greatly appreciate it as we, I am here to talk to you here on the 29th day of the month of May. Of course, my birthday. Thank you. Uh, got lots to talk about. NBA playoffs, of course, will be the dominant theme of conversation throughout today's show. Eastern Conference, Western Conference, what's going on? last couple of days and I want to give you my two cents on the on these uh, NBA fan bases that have been acting out of control as of recently but before we get to that first off I want to thank you all for listening and on this most special of days and special of occasions I want to thank each and every single one of y'all for taking the time out of your day regardless of whatever you're doing and whatever's going on in your life to listen to me, babble and scream and yell about the things that are going on within the American sports world. Um, greatly appreciate it. On this day, 19 years ago, uh, Wednesday, May Wednesday, May 29th, 2002, at 8:09 a.m. Uh, Jai Isaac Shields. Yes, my middle name is Isaac. Was born. Uh, to Rhea and and Ron Shields, my parents at Greater uh, at Greater Medical Baltimore Center uh, in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, nineteen years ago today. Um, thank God for a lot for me after what's been a treacherous year. Hopefully, my birthday this year uh, will be a lot. Well, I'll be in a better mood, and it'll be a better birthday this year than it was last year. Because last year. I was all down in the dumps and was depressed the majority of my birthday because that's when essentially, you know, the world was uh, rocked because of uh, George Floyd getting killed by Derek Chauvin about four days prior to that. So I was not in the most festive of moods uh, on May the 29th of 2020, but Lord willing, hopefully uh, May 29th, 2021. Uh, will be uh, will uh, put yours truly will, and yours truly, excuse me, will be in a better mood throughout that day. Uh, Eight oh nine Wednesday, May the twenty ninth, two thousand and two. Eight pounds twelve ounces is how much yours truly was born to his uh, lovely parents. Going to be married for twenty one years this upcoming July. Uh, thank God once again for making it to see another year, especially in today's day and age. You don't take. Any uh, birthdays for granted, and just because you're young, that doesn't mean you're invincible. Um, and also, another birthday uh, I want to get on the board. Uh, yes, the former president, JFK, uh, his birthday is today, along with uh, Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony, who will have an opportunity to play on his birthday as the, uh, as the uh, Portland Trailblazers go up against the Denver Nuggets in game number in game number four of their first round series in the Western Conference, that is at four o'clock on Saturday afternoon. So Carmelo Anthony will have a chance to play on his birthday uh, come uh, come Saturday afternoon uh, for the uh, Portland Trailblazers in their game four 
against the uh, Denver against the Denver Nuggets. But there's another birthday I want to get on the board before we jump into things, and that is uh, the loyal listener of this program and loyal listener and caller into SiriusXM Mad Dog Sports Radio. That is good old Mike in Orange County, California. I guarantee he's probably listening to this, uh, opening up his birthday gifts. He's probably got a brand new Shohei Otani jersey, and got a uh, and got a 2020 Lakers uh, Lakers uh, team portrait and a nice little uh, and a nice little frame for his birthday. Opening up those gifts and and uh, having uh, and having his birthday cake while uh, look while overlooking uh, while overlooking. Uh, his property out there in Orange County, California, listening to me uh, babble away at the, in the clear, sunny skies the south of uh, Orange County, California. Meanwhile, the weather on the East Coast stinks, um, and it bothers me. You know, I'll always leave it to me to be complaining and to be pissed off about something. The weather here on the East Coast in the Northeast and Mid Atlantic part of the United States it stinks. You know, the temperatures it's, temperatures is going to be in the in the fifty, in the in the mid high fifties this weekend. I mean, really, it's Memorial Day weekend. You know, it's supposed to be the holiday that kicks off, that kicks off, uh, that kicks off summer. I mean, a few, you know, come Tuesday we'll be in June. You know, we're we're well into spring, past the fifty degree weather that's acceptable on April 29th, not May 29th. So the fact that it's going to be rainy and cold on my birthday and on my birthday weekend bothers the hell out of me, especially when the weather up until. Uh, Thursday essentially has been picture perfect weather, partly cloudy, partly sunny skies, nice, warm, and humid. Where those temperatures went, where all of a sudden we turned back the weather clock to our early mid March, I have absolutely no idea. But I, this is, I guess, what happens when you had that uh, when you had that one random day in the middle of March where it was like 85 degrees outside. I'd tr- I'd trade that sunny 85 degree day for my birthday and and give the rainy 55 back to March in a heartbeat. The weather here, weather here is just absolutely pathetic on Memorial Day weekend. But anyway, happy birthday to Mike in Orange County. Appreciate his uh, contributions to the program. We've had him on quite a few times in, a, in what the two going on three year history of this show. Um, had him on plenty of times. He of course calls all the Mad Dog Sports radio shows. Uh, Adam Shine, uh, Adam Shine, Christopher Mad Dog, Russo, Patrick Mawah, uh, Steve. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't call Steve because he and Steve don't get along. Uh, he and uh, Steve Tory, the program director of the channel and host uh, six to seven. Uh, Steve Tory. Uh, he and he and uh, Steve don't uh, aren't exactly a best of pals. Um, he calls Patrick Maher. He calls um, J T the Brick. I would imagine he probably gives a George Reister a holler every now and again. He doesn't he doesn't call up Pat McAfee because Pat McAfee rarely takes calls, and uh, and he does not call uh, the Morning Man and my pals uh, Evan Cohen and Babchick because uh, because when they because when the Morning Men come on six a.m. Eastern time, it's three a.m. where Mike is you know drooling drooling beside the beautiful Italian as he likes to call her uh, in bed uh, snoozing so he doesn't get a chance to uh, to flood the phone lines and uh, in between uh, Babchick's sex jokes because he's sleeping at 3am in the morning when the morning men come on and by the time the morning men go off it is 6am and Mike is just uh, getting his first sip of his uh, of his uh, of his Starbucks by the time uh, Evan Cohen says we are on to whatever the next day is of uh, the of the next show, 
But anyway, happy birthday to Mike and the OC, loyal uh, fan and contributor to this program and regular caller in the CSXM Mad Dog Sports Radio. Happy birthday to him as well, the big 6-0 for good old Mike and the OC. Happy birthday to Carmelo Anthony, who will uh, who um, will play Game Four with the uh, Trailblazers tonight, or excuse me, uh, this afternoon. Um, and then, of course, uh, JFK. It's his birthday as well. So you know what I'll do? I'll take a break. Get the get the birthdays and get the pleasantries out the way. Take a break, then come back and get into the NBA. Just getting started. This is the Amatilica TIS podcast. Welcome back to the Amtec TIS podcast. Now let's deep dive into the National Basketball Association, do the Eastern Conference first, and then go about a merry way from there and go recap all the games that has been happening from Wednesday night up until Friday night and get you prepared and get you uh, looking forward to Saturday's matchups. First off, let's begin with the best series. It, that's been the best series of the first round, w- without a doubt. And that's between the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks. Um, New York Knicks took care of business in an absolutely phenomenal, 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 phenomenal game, too. On Wednesday night, Knicks winning 101-92. Knicks who were, you know, sleepwalking and looked like were caught dead to rights until Tom Thibodeau, who's been a hell of a coach and, and who's, been, who's been a phenomenal coach for New York this season. I don't know what strings he pulled or what buttons he pushed. But obviously it worked. I mean, his I mean, Derrick Rose coming off the bench and all that he's been through in his playoff and his uh, journeys in the playoffs with the members of the being a member of the Chicago Bulls and his his career has just been derailed and has been very and just has been majorly affected due to the due to injury and the fact that he couldn't keep himself on the court and. And 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 the fact that he just did, and the fact that he just did not play often and answer the bell a whole hell of a lot, but give him a ton of credit on his performance on Wednesday night. You know, scoring twenty six points coming off the bench, uh, four assists and four rebounds, an absolutely phenomenal performance from Derrick Rose coming off the bench. I mean, when and Julius Randle, who did who had a who had an abysmal abysmal first half. Uh, it didn't play out of his mind in the second half, but certainly picked it up and did just get and, and did uh, well enough to lead the Knicks to victory on Wednesday night. I mean, Randall Randall was off. Uh, Randall was off. R.J. R.J. Barrett wasn't anything wasn't anything special. Five for fourteen from the field. Uh, Burks, their shooting guard, scored eleven points. Four fourteen. Four of uh, thirteen. Excuse me from the field on Wednesday night. But honestly, that game was all Knicks' great defense and Derrick Rose coming off the bench. And then you go ahead and you look at the Hawks. You know, Trey Young scored thirty, but wasn't good enough. You know, it did. It, you, I mean, he scored thirty, and he's had a phenomenal series so far up until this point. We'll get to how he performed on Friday night in just a minute. But Trey Young's thirty points mean nothing. If Clint Capella's scoring four, if Clint Capella's uh, scoring four points, 
Bogdanovich is, you know, I mean, 18, okay, you'll live with that, but 8 of 21 is not anything to write home about. And then, of course, um, and then, of course, John Collins, you know, putting up, uh, putting up the, putting up uh, a big fat goose egg in the point, on uh, the point column, too. So, you know, Trey Young's 30 points fall on deaf ears when essentially no one else wearing an Atlanta Hawks uniform can score. And they go throughout these long scoring droughts where they can't throw the ball off a boat into the Hudson River. I mean, they shot 36% from the field and was 31 out of the 84 shots they took. And 27% from three, uh, 12 to 44. That's not a chance. The Knicks are good. I'm not, and we all know that they're not championship contenders. But you cannot win playoff games under any circumstance. I don't care who you play. When you're shooting 27% from three and below 40%, 36% in particular from the field. I mean, when, I mean, when you jump, when you are just throwing up bricks every single time and turn around and having the long scoring drafts that they had on that in that game on Wednesday against New York. Meanwhile, Derek Rose is coming off the bench, scoring and finding ways to score the basketball left and right every single time you turn around. You, you can't expect to win too many playoff ba- too many uh, playoff basketball games, and then you turn to and then you turn to last night's matchup on Friday, where the New York Knicks themselves, you know, didn't show up, losing by eleven points. Julius Randle again, very very spotty performance. Not even spotty. I mean, hell, what the what what the heck am I talking about? He was awful. Two of fifteen from the field. Two of seven from three. I mean, the majority of the points that he scored was at the free throw line. I mean, he was absolutely atrocious, atrocious shooting the basketball on Friday on Friday night. And they had Derrick Rose, who they put, who Thibodeau put in the starting lineup on Friday, put uh, put up his thirty points, thirteen and twenty one, uh, six rebounds and uh, five assists and a steal. But you know, when when Gibson, their center, scoring four points, Bullock scoring eleven. Randall, who's supposedly their best player, scoring fourteen, scoring fourteen against Trey Young, that excellent young uh, talent at the guard position for Atlanta. It's not good enough, and again, and vice versa, and it isn't, it isn't good enough to win playoff basketball games. And then, of course, R.J. Barrett scoring twenty nine minutes, two of nine, scoring seven points. I mean, the Knicks just had an awful night shooting the basketball as a team. They shot thirty five percent and shot thirty. 30% from three. Nine, of, nine out of 33-point shots they hoisted went in, which, 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 which is an abomination. Meanwhile, only a part of the Atlanta Hawks and their fan base who needed to, and their fan base who needed to show up and needed to be a little fight, not over the line as in spitting on a player, and I'll get to that to close out the show, but they needed, but they needed to show a little rowdiness, and they needed to um, to make their presence felt at the State Farm Arena on Friday night, knowing that the Hawks are coming back from New York, having essentially gone through the the ultimate concrete jungle that is Madison Square Garden in the playoffs, and getting booed and jeered and taunted, and then. Trey Young's case spat on left and right. The Atlanta Hawk fan needed to show up, uh, needed to show up uh, in this series, or excuse me, needed to show up in these games played in um, in Atlanta. Um, the attendance was fifteen thousand seven hundred forty-three. That's ninety-three 
percent. Uh, so the place was it was uh, filled up to, with their capacity was sixteen thousand eight hundred eighty eight people. So that was ninety three percent of the building that would that you know the fit the capacity was filled. So the Atlanta Hawk fan did sh- did show up. Give them give them uh, give them credit for that. But um, but they they need to show up and they needed to be loud and needed to make their presence heard. They couldn't, you know, essentially let let their team get absolutely rattled. And and even though they won one game to a certain degree, they were rattled, especially on Wednesday. Rattled by that Madison Square Garden. I mean, outside of Trey Young, of course, but rattled by that Madison Square Garden crowd and then come home and then barely show up. Um, And they needed to pull out. I don't know all the celebrities that were there in attendance off the top of my head. Uh, that were pulling for the Hawks, but th- there was there are plenty of celebrities out there that are either from Atlanta or uh, or you know their claim to fame came while they were in Atlanta. They needed them at courtside. Spike Lee, uh, Spike Lee was sitting courtside um, because a you'd figure that some of the Nick fan was going to travel down to New York. B you B you figure that there's a lot of uh, former New Yorkers that live that you know live down that live. You know, down south. But another, th- but you know, but Sp- Spike, Atlanta is one of Spike cities because although Spike was raised, was uh, was raised and spent a good chunk of his life in the city of New York, that that's 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 his um, not his a hometown, but that's his um, his um, uh, his 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 his, his birthplace. He was he was raised raised in Brooklyn and spent the majority of his life in Brooklyn, and you know still lives in New York. But he was born in Atlanta, and of, and he graduated from and he graduated from uh, from uh, he also graduated from NYU too. So he he's a he's a New York and an Atlanta guy, New York sports fan, but he has his roots in Atlanta. He was born in and he his he go to his Wikipedia page go to his bio he was born in Atlanta Georgia that's his uh, that's his birthplace and he also went to went to college in Atlanta because he got his bachelor's degree at uh, Morehouse which is a which is an all black HBCU located uh, in it in uh, in it in uh, in the city of Atlanta Georgia so Spike of course and I guarantee you Spike probably has a crib or has a condo or has an apartment down in Atlanta so he of course made the trip but good job for Atlanta for responding I mean their offense was just absolutely brutal on the part of the New York Knicks I mean you, again I mean you, you cannot win basketball games when Derrick Rose is your primary source of offense and Julius Randle who's you know supposed to be the best player on the team Two of fifteen from the field and two of seven from three is not championship basketball. It's not going to win win your New York Knicks a playoff series. And as a team shooting combined thirty five percent from the field and thirty percent from three, nine of the thirty hoisted up threes that they took, not good enough, guys. Not good enough. And Trey Young showed up. Uh, scoring is Trey Young did not have as great as a game as he did. You know, of course, Madison Square Garden, but the twenty one, but the twenty one points. 14, 14 assists and a rebound was good enough considering that everybody on his team contributed. You know, uh, Collins contributed, Clint Capella contributed, Hunter uh, contributed, Bogdanovich contributed, uh, Gallinari coming off the bench uh, contributed. They all had uh, double dig. They all had uh, at least uh, 10 points at the minimum. They all scored within double digits uh, for Atlanta. Uh, and the Nick and the Nick uh, Hawks series resumes on Sunday afternoon. 
uh, with the Hawks having a two games to one advantage. Little pressure now is on. Uh, little pressure now is on. Um, uh, is on the Knicks. You know they're at a Madison Square Garden. They don't have the advantage of the fans, the fan base, and the environment of being and playing in Madison Square Garden, New York City. The Knicks have pressure on them, and especially their offense. Their offense cannot go out there and essentially, you know, not be not be able to shoot the ball, you know, again like that come Sunday afternoon. They have to get themselves together and get themselves together and say, look, we we got we we got to put the ball in the basket. We, if we can't score, we can't win, and we cannot under any circumstances expect to win a playoff series when when uh, Derrick Rose is your only in, and most of the and most of the time your primary source of offense. Because that's not a recipe for 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 winning playoff games. It's not, and that's not a recipe for championship level basketball in the National Basketball Association. But the Knicks got to get it done on Sunday on the road, plain and simple. Um, moving on to the Sixers and the Wizards who play, who kick off the festivities, I believe, at one thirty on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the game that uh, game two on Wednesday night, Philadelphia took care of business one twenty to ninety five. I'll get to the Westbrook popcorn situation again in another segment. Stick it to what went on on the court. Um, listen, seventy sixes they went off, they went off. Joel Embiid performed twenty two points, eight of twelve, uh, eight of twelve uh, from the field, three of four from three. Uh, was perfect at the free throw line. Had seven rebounds, three assists. A good quality basketball game on the part of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons actually shot the ball for once in his life uh, and and did and did pretty well. Eleven to fifteen from the field, twenty two points, eight assists. Two steals, nine rebounds in the game, and a block for Ben Simmons. Uh, let's see, Tobias Harris, 19 points, 9 of 13 from the field, uh, nine rebounds, uh, an assist, and one steal in the game for Philadelphia. Meanwhile, you go on the Washington Wizards side, who in a regular year, I get it, they wouldn't, have, they wouldn't be in the playoffs to begin with, but you got to give me a little bit better than this. You know, Russell Westbrook, I understand Russell Westbrook got hurt, but 10, 10 points, 2 of 10 from the field, and all and a big fat goose egg for 3 from behind the arc, not good enough. 6 of 10 from the free throw line, again, putrid. Uh, and nobody gives a crap about the fact that he, uh, that he uh, with the 11 assists. Put the ball in the hoop, Russell, let's go. Um, which, again, and if, the, and if the Wizards end up losing this series... Again, what it's gonna be? It's going. It's going to be a tired old narrative, and it might. And if Russ Westbrook thinks unfair, tough. You got to sit up here and prove to me and prove to the basketball world otherwise. Because when the lights shine the brightest, when you play in these playoff settings and in playoff games, you can't bring your team home. You can get them to the playoffs, but you cannot deliver the goods when it comes to knocking down the big time opponent that stands in your way. Bradley Bill had 30 plus points. What else is new? 33 points, 14 to 28. He's played his ass off all season long. Uh f- three assists, four rebounds and a steal uh for Bradley for Bradley Bill on the part of the Washington Wizards. Game 3, game 3. 76 is up two games to none game 3 on Saturday afternoon. Um, looking towards the Bucks in the Heat and Bucks Heat game three, 
and uh, Nets Celtics game three. Look ahead to uh, look ahead to um, the Bucks Heat game on Saturday, and uh, then we'll get on to the Western Conference portion of the NBA playoffs. Um, when it comes to the Heat, when it comes to the Heat and the Bucks, uh, Bucks secure business one thirteen eighty four. Uh, Miami's. I don't know what to tell you about the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are dead. They are dead men walking. They are lost. They are lifeless. They are pathetic. If you're a Heat fan, they are offensive to the senses to watch play. I mean, they've just been so outside of Game One. They have been. They've been a complete no show in in, in this series against Milwaukee. A complete. Come is 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 literally the is literally the exact opposite of when these two teams played back in September, outside of uh, outside of Game One where they took them to the buzzer uh, in the overtime period uh, last Saturday, but they have been a complete, complete, complete no show in this series. Trevor Reza not sixteen plays eighteen minutes zero points. Jimmy Butler nineteen points not for a player of his magnitude that's not good enough. Uh, Bam out of bio, 17 points, not good enough. Goran Dragic, uh, 8 points. Uh-uh. Duncan Robinson, 2 points. Uh-uh. Tyler Hero, who is everybody's flavor of the month down in the bubble uh, last August and September and early October. Where is he? 25 minutes, 9 points, 4 of 10 from the field, and 1 of 5 from 3. This is what we're going to do now. I mean, j- they have just been completely lifeless and just and an absolute embarrassment. Outside of game one, which was a tough loss, but game in the back-to-back games, game two in Milwaukee and game three down in Miami, uh, they've just been a complete no-show and have just been an absolute eyesore if you're a Miami Heat fan to watch play in this series. And Milwaukee has just eaten them up and spit, has just uh, chewed them up and spit them out and uh, eaten them and gobbled them up for lunch. And give Chris Middleton all the credit in the world because, in my opinion, he's been the best player for Milwaukee throughout this entire throughout uh, this entire series as they look to as as Milwaukee looks to complete the sweep and be the first uh, and and to be the first uh, of the first round series to put themselves uh, in the books come Saturday afternoon. I think it's going to be a clean sweep, uh, a clean sweep. Goodbye, Miami Heat, till next season. Uh, unless Miami comes out there and plays with some gumption and plays like their tail is on fire, no pun intended, and then you'll you know then they'll probably lose in five games. But Miami's finished, folks. Not a chance in hell. Miami uh, is repeating as Eastern Conference champions. Is all there is to it. Um, and then of course the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics game three. Game three on Friday night. Uh, on Friday night, Boston finally got off the schneid and took care of business 125 to 119. Uh, and I made the point, uh, I made this point Wednesday, you know, where the, where because of the fact that Boston was so up and down and you never know what team you're going to get from them on a night in night out basis with Brad Stevens, the head coach, you know, that, uh, that one of, that one of the Nets big three can, you know, as a team that can afford if one of the big three you know, has an off night and doesn't shoot the basketball well, they can afford that. Well, not well. tonight obviously was not the night. And it was Kyrie Irving that had the off night. 6 of 17 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, absolutely atrocious, uh, and, scored, and scored 16 points. Even though the fact that Harden and Kevin Durant themselves combined for 
80 points. And Gary Irving's 16-point performance, we couldn't uh, throw the ball off a boat into the Boston Harbor, uh, was was not good enough. And and, it's, and it's especially because of the fact that Jason Tatum went off with another 50-point 50 50-point 50 performance, his second in his second 50-point uh, performance in the last two weeks or so. Uh, he was more. He had a plus. He was better than fifty percent from the field. Uh, sixteen to thirty, five of eleven from three. Um, had seven to six, seven assists, six rebounds, two steals, and a block and a fifty-point performance. And Jason Tatum becomes and Jason Tatum becomes the sixth player in Celtics franchise history. With the fifty-point game, with the fifty-point game in the playoffs, John Havlicek has a team record at fifty-four. Isaiah Thomas, if you remember him, had fifty-three. Ray Allen, who can forget him, fifty-one. And then go, then going old school here on you, uh, Mad Dog Russo. This is for you. Uh, Sam Jones, fifty-one points, and Bob Cousy with fifty. Jason Tatum had fifty on, uh, had fifty on. Uh, Friday night, um, and by the way, with Tatum's uh, and and Tatum this season has had four fifty-point games, um, and that ties Larry Bird for the third most in a career in Celtics in the in uh, Celtics history, and he's the third youngest player with the fifty with a fifty-point plus game uh, in uh, in a playoff game. So shout out and hats off to Jason Tatum. Who you know combined? Uh, who combined in the first two games of the series? I believe combined for thirty or thirty-two points first first two games of this series back in Brooklyn. Comes back home to Boston and absolutely plays uh, out of his mind with a with a phenomenal fifty-point performance. And you take you take that along with the fact that Marcus Smart had a nice twenty-three point performance, and then of course Brooklyn where Kyrie Irving stunk. And uh, Blake Griffin didn't do uh, much better either, uh, shooting the ball only five times, one of five, uh, scoring four points, and Irving again with a, with a very subpar uh, sixteen point performance. That's essentially why the Brooklyn Nets uh, did not take care of business at the TD Garden on Friday on Friday night against the Boston Celtics, as as Brooklyn is now up one one game, up two one against. Boston in that uh, first round Eastern Conference playoff series. There you have it with the Eastern Conference. Get to the Western Conference. Don't go anywhere. Back after this. Just 
Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. Switching gears now to the Western Conference playoffs, and we will begin with Memphis and Utah game two that was played on a Wednesday on Wednesday night. Utah came back and tied the series up at one and stopped the Memphis in their tracks of this little of this little uh hot little uh winning streak that they've been on and John Morant going off left and right. Scored forty seven by the way. I mean that kid has just been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, as of late, um, but they got Donovan Mitchell back, who was eight of nineteen from the field, twenty five points for him. It was it was an app. I mean, there was no defense to be found in this game, none whatsoever. One forty one or one twenty nine, your final score. Um, Jazz only had two players uh, in that that suited up for them and stepped on the court on Wednesday night, not scored double digits. Only two. Everybody else that got playing time. On Wednesday, in those uh, in those uh, orange and yet in yellow and 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 black uniforms that the Jazz wore the other night had double digits. Um, and you had uh, and then of course you go to the Grizzlies, put up 129 points. Like I said, John Morant went off 15 to 26 from the field. Did not shoot the three ball great, only two of seven. Um, but he had 47 points, four rebounds, seven assists. Nevertheless, uh, and I said this on Wednesday, and I'll say it again: Utah needed needed Donovan Mitchell back in the worst way imaginable because Memphis was riding and flying high, and of course John Rant, who still is playing out of his mind, but they needed Mitchell to come back and to kind of say, "Hey, Memphis, well, we're the number one, we're the um, number one seed in the Western Conference for a reason." You know, we're going to slow you down and stop you in your tracks right here. And that's what they did with their uh, double-digit win on uh, on Wednesday. Game three on uh, Saturday night, this as the series heads to, uh, as the series heads to Memphis, um, be interesting to see how, uh, interesting to see how uh, you, how Memphis responds after Utah's Utah has uh, tied the series up at one game apiece. Will John Mar- will uh, John Morant's hot hand uh, take uh, take Memphis to uh, take a two one series lead, or will Donovan Mitchell and Utah and company uh, do what they can and essentially just outscore Memphis in order uh, in order to win, in order to win the game on Saturday night? Meanwhile, you go to uh, Phoenix and the Lakers. Uh, the uh, quote-unquote intriguing series in the Western Conference, um, while and the Lakers took care of business in Game Three on uh, Game Three on Wednesday, and like I said, and I made the point, and and like I said, uh, and like I said, and I made this point, you know, the Lakers need the excuse me, the Suns need, and and it ties into, and it also ties into. Um, and it also ties into now. This is um, from Thursday. I apologize. This Laker Suns game from Thursday, um, and this ties into what I said on Wednesday. You know, the Suns essentially have virtual to no chance, virtually no chance of knocking off the Lakers and winning this playoff series and and moving on in the postseason if uh, if Chris Paul is not healthy. You know, Chris Paul who's up in age, and I don't want to speculate, and who am I to tell a guy to play through pain? It's not my shoulder. I don't know what what it feels like personally to him. 
But me personally, when you've been around in the NBA a long time and you want to be considered one of the game's all-time greats at the point guard position and you've never won a thing in your life and you're on the back nine of your NBA career, I understand that it's the first round and if you win, what good is it if you weigh yourself out and you have nothing left in the tank for the conference semifinals if you make it that far the conference finals? But Chris Paul's got to give me a little bit more than 27, than 27 minutes. I mean, he when he is on the court, the Phoenix Suns have a better chance to win. So others to it. I don't care. I don't care if he has to essentially not even touch the basketball. If he just has to just run up and down the court and just be, and just be an object in a Suns uniform for the Lakers to defend against, because they cannot win. And and it's 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 near impossible for them to win if Chris Paul is not on the court with them on a consistent consistent basis in every quarter and not essentially letting Monty Williams or let his shoulder, you know, where he cherry picks and he's playing 27 minutes a night scoring single digits, taking less than taking less than 10 shots a game. That ain't going to cut it going up against LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who are who are the two headed monster that they are, are just assassins. Anthony Davis, 34 points, 11 to 22, 11 to 22 from the field. And eleven and eleven rebounds from him, who's just who's made up from his abysmal game one performance, and then LeBron James, who essentially slept slept walk. That's going to be the phrase of this series. Slept walk and turned it all and was on and had it on the off switch throughout game one. Only for him, or excuse me, throughout the first half. Only for the second half to come along in Staples, and for him to essentially turn turn on that, turn it up, and turn it on to the next level gear that LeBron has the fortitude of doing, and he goes off and with a with a nice twenty one point twenty one point performance, nine of nineteen from the field, six rebounds, and a nine assists in a steal game for LeBron. Turnovers between them between Anthony and and LeBron were high. They allowed Phoenix to creep into that game, to creep back into that game late in the fourth quarter, uh, when when it looks like it was going to be an absolute bloodbath uh, uh, on that the Phoenix Suns were going to be on the back end of turned over the ball way too many times. But LeBron James, Anthony Davis, I, they I understand that that they are superstars in their own right and they're the two best players on the team. But you cannot turn over the bat. There's no excuse for but combined between the two of you turning over the basketball. Twelfth times. It's just it's this. There's no excuse for that. None whatsoever. Um, and then you go hey, And then on the sun side, when Chris Paul doesn't play, what can you do? Like I said, Payne, fifteen, who had fifteen points, and Devin Booker had nineteen points, and of course Jake Crowder, who had nine, and and Bridges, who had six, and 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 Aton or Anton, whatever his name is, had twenty. Not good enough. Not good enough. They need Chris Paul in the lineup in the worst way, and they need they. It, 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 there's not enough words in the English dictionary to describe how badly the Suns need Chris Paul to be in not only in the lineup but playing and getting lots and lots of minutes on a consistent game and game out basis. He doesn't have that. Suns ain't winning this series and are going to go fishing for the remainder of the season. That's all there is to. That's all there is to it. To be, it's just all there is to it. As they head into Game Four on Sunday afternoon, which I think the which I think the Lakers have. I mean, the the the, the Lakers, 
it's it's going to be the Lakers win four straight games, and that's going to be the end of the Phoenix Suns. And which you be you know, which is unfortunate because you'd like to see them go at it at Phoenix while they're full strength. And then it's also kind of like a fool's gold thing with uh, with Portland last year. They dropped the first game of the series to Portland, and then and then of course, and then like Phoenix, Dame and with Chris Paul. Dame Lillard got hurt. He hurt his hand, dislocated his finger, something or other. And uh, Portland was not the same team with Dame on the sideline and playing limit and having a, 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 a minutes restriction on him while LeBron James and Anthony Davis go up and down the court. And essentially it turns into the AD and LeBron show as the Lakers ended up uh, in during the Lakers' quest to their 2020 NBA championship as they take on Phoenix in game four on Sunday afternoon. Um, and then, of course, you have uh, the Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Nuggets winning 120 to 115 on um, Thursday, not on Thursday night. Portland, uh, Portland came within three. They did uh, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, who both of them had a had a good night. Uh, combined, they had fifty nine points between the two of them. Dame had thirty seven. McCollum had uh, McCollum had twenty two, and was just jacking up and shooting up threes left and right. Not to mention Carmelo Anthony, who didn't have not too bad a night himself from three, four of eight, fifty percent, seventeen points on Thursday night. But Portland got within. And this is the point I want to harp on here with this with their game on Thursday, of how Portland got within three points. It was one fifteen to. One fifteen to one eight. It was one eighteen, one fifteen. Denver. Jokic gets fouled. Goes up to there's about I think it was between three or five seconds left, and Portland had no timeouts, I believe. And Jokic gets fouled. Jokic, Joker, whatever his name is, gets fouled. Gets to the free throw line to shoot his two free throws, misses them both, and on the second one. Portland, for whatever the reason, they didn't have Ennis Cantor on the court, whatever it was. They didn't have enough big men and didn't have anyone to to essentially box out uh, box out uh, the, the the big men that Denver had on the court. And essentially, it's it's a one v three. De- the one Denver guy going up against the three uh, Portland Trailblazers. They can't grab the defensive rebound. And Denver puts it back for a uh, puts it back for a second chance second chance basket after the two missed free throws and puts the game on ice and they won by five when Portland had a chance I mean that was I mean th- that is I mean you practice it all the time in basketball games you know every possession you essentially make the and every single time Portland hoisted up a three late late in the fourth quarter and in that game they made them. Playing, playing, you know, playing the every, catch, catch, hoist up a three, hope it goes in, switch. I mean, they literally couldn't have executed it any better, and they came so close to having it essentially worked perfectly for them if they could have grabbed the rebound after the two, two missed free throws from Jokic, which they needed in order for the in order for the game to be within reach with as with as little time that was left for them to for them to tie tie the game up with a three point with a three point basket. And they couldn't box out. Denver gets the uh, get Denver gets the offensive rebound, puts it in and puts the game on ice as Denver 
Tech took the series lead on Thursday night, two game, uh, two games to one. Um, heading into game uh, four, which is going to be played Saturday Saturday afternoon, should be a good one. I expect that series also. This series and the Nick and Hawks series, I expect to go to full seven games because those teams, those teams are in my eyes are evenly matched and and they're going to be trading punches and trading wins and losses back and forth until you get a winner. And I think the seventh game of each respective. Uh, series and then the last matchup, and then we'll take a break and give and I'll give you my two cents on NBA fans to close things out here on this Saturday show, uh, last Saturday of the month of May, uh, between the LA Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks, um, who and and the Clippers, who I was ready to, I mean they can still lose the, I mean they can still lose this, they can still lose this series, lose on um. You know, lose uh to lose to Dallas on lose to Dallas on Sunday, and then uh, and then come Game Five they lay an egg and they can lose and I can scream and yell and go crazy then, but it can't go crazy now because they actually for once in their in their sorry pathetic playoff lives decided to show up against Dallas on Friday night winning one winning one eighteen or one oh eight. Um, uh, Luka Doncic had a phenomenal performance again. Forty-four points for him. I mean, he has just eaten up the Clippers for dinner every single night. Uh, every single night through two, those two teams go up against each other. But uh, it was Paul George and Kawhi Leonard that got it done for LA, combining for combining for between the two between the two of them. Uh, 65 points. Kawhi Leonard had 36 points. Paul George had 29. Uh, both shot the ball excellent from the field. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was 3 of 5 from 3. Phenomenal. Th- 13 of 17 in total. 11 of 18 from the field. That's what Paul George had. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, 8 steals, 3 assists, and a steal, 2 blocks. Uh, Paul George, uh, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, and a steal. Uh, for him as well, the Clippers finally decided to show up. They showed up on the road after they got after they got embarrassed at home uh, at the Staples Center. The first two games of this series, the road get the road team has won every game in this series so far. Dallas at at Staples the first two, and the Clippers uh, and the Clippers the first game uh, in Dallas on Friday night should be a doozy. Between uh, these two teams, come Saturday, or excuse me, come Sunday uh, afternoon on May the thirtieth. So there you have it, Eastern Conference, Western Conference. So it's going to be a, a, a pretty much a do- heavily dominated, if not in this case, all NBA show. Can't you know baseball? I you know what, what is there to scream and yell about outside of outside of the Orioles? It's my birthday. I want to try to be in a, in a in a decent mood and not get depe- depressed and all pissed off because because of because a bunch of uh, minor leaguers that are that are getting paid in major league contracts that are playing on a major league team that are on a major league roster can't win ball games. I that'd be the only baseball thing that would have any sort of juice to it. But who wants to hear me scream and yell about the about the pathetic waste of time Baltimore Orioles for the nine millionth time. You know, I could find some baseball stuff, you know, to discuss in future shows, but nothing that I that I have to get off my chest as of this moment. Um, you know, uh, you, P, we addressed Phil Mickelson PJ Championship 
French Open, too soon, nobody cares. Uh, unless something uh, big happens, I'll be on top of it. Uh, you know, NFL, nothing nothing going on. I screamed and yelled about Tim Tebow uh, to last a lifetime. Uh, and I'm sick and freaking tired of, of talking about Aaron Rodgers and him farting around in, uh, in, in, in the Hawaii uh, mountains or in some wildlife habitat in Hawaii with Shailene Woodley, whoever she is, uh, her, uh, his fiance. I'm sick and tired of Ann Rogers crap. And I, and this is not the program for me to break down uh, wild and golden nights in the NHL and the, and the Stanley cup playoffs. So the majority of these shows throughout the month of May and through June will be of NBA playoff basketball domination. So get used to it. Take a break. Give you my two cents on the on these NBA fans that have been out of order. Back after this. Welcome back to the I'm Telling TIS podcast. Real quick, just to get this on the board, is this has been a, a decent uh, major story in sports over the last couple of days, and that is the fan behavior, uh, and that is the fan behavior at these NBA playoff games. Russell Westbrook getting a getting popcorn thrown out on him, and Trey Young getting spat on in Madison Square Garden. I'll go with the Westbrook thing first. And then go to the spitting on Trey Young, and then we will say goodbye, and I can enjoy the and I can uh, get on uh, with my birthday celebration. Um, and that is the fact that with Westbrook, okay, you you don't throw, you don't throw, and it's a very simple, easy concept. And if you can't get it, and if you can't understand it, I can't help you or, or can't do anything for you. You, just because you pay a ticket and you pay the freight and go through this, go through that, go together, it does not give you the right nor the privilege for you to, to essentially act like a child and do things and say things that either A, may be out of character, B, are definitely out of pocket, and C, you would never even dare to do if the roles were either reversed or the setting was different. Think anyone's going to throw popcorn on Russell Westbrook if they're, you know, walking, if they see him walking down the street in D.C. somewhere? I mean, you, you, you think that anyone would have, the, would have the balls to do that? Or not just Russell Westbrook, but any professional, grown man, professional athlete. Who, 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 do you think I had the balls to sit up here and, 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 to, and to throw beer or to throw debris or to throw food on them or at them? Not a chance in hell. And if they did, they know, they know good and well what would happen. But because they're, but because they're like, 
they, but because they're like a foot or two higher than they are, and the fact that if the player was that steaming mad that they wanted to get to him, they essentially would have to go through a ton of people and would have to go either upstairs or, or backing around somewhere to get to a fan and have to essentially sort out a whole bunch of people because the fan is essentially protected by the fact that they're not on field or in this case court level and there's a bunch of people that can separate and intercept in this case Westbrook if you ever wanted to charge into the stands and after the fan they see that they take advantage of it and then they say hey the hell with it and they just start throwing crap on people which is totally classless, totally unacceptable. It's infantile, and it ne- and not and and it needs to stop. With everybody, all sports, all fan bases. Now, I understand it's Philly. Why? Why are we surprised? It's Philadelphia. I get that. I get that. And you know, so this isn't like it's you know, as uh, King Solomon, the wisest man in the Bible, said, "Ain't nothing new underneath the sun." I get that, and I totally understand all that. But but it doesn't negate the fact that 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 individual that did it is wrong. You don't do that. You wouldn't dare do it if Russ Westbrook was sitting right next to you in the seats, or if you came across to him face to face. You you wouldn't you wouldn't dare to do that because he's walking off the court with an ankle injury. You wouldn't dare to do that. And the fact that a bunch that and the fact that a bunch of what I don't know whether it's the it's the it's the fact of of being delusional, ignorant, childish, uh, entitled, whatever it is, the fact that they that they essentially go out there and 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 take the liberty upon themselves to sit up here and act like a fool, it it it's it's a joke. It re- it really is a joke, you know. Especially if you if you if you if. You, if the roles were reversed, or if, or if, or if you came across Russell, Russell Westbrook in public, or, or if he was sitting right next to you in the stands, you wouldn't even dare, dare, to do it to him. If if you if you, if you wanted to, and 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 you risk the and you risk the consequence of him beating the living crap out of you. But because he's on the but because he's on the court and surrounded by a bunch of by the Wizards medical staff and and the and the Well Fargo's uh, center security people and because you're you know uh, about a foot or so higher above above full, above the uh, playing field level and he is you figure out what the heck, well what the heck just throw popcorn on, on him I mean really because he wears a Washington Wizards jersey you throw popcorn on him. I mean, it, it it's a joke, and it, and it needs and it needs to stop. And the NBA needs to put their foot down and protect their players and put an end to this nonsense. I mean, and I and I was a little kid when it happened, but I'm pretty. Sure, but I would imagine that Ron Artest caught caught much heat when he tried to go up into the stands to go after these people. Well, now I understand why, because as a grown as a grown man, a grown man and an adult. You only gonna take but so but so much foolishness from people. I don't care how good of a person you are. I don't care how terrible you are. I don't care uh, how reli- how uh, religious or how spiritual you are. Throw all that out the window. We're all human beings, and we all have feelings and emotions, and we all have a tolerance level. And eventually, grown man only gonna take but so much disrespect.
especially from a bunch of worthless punks, you know, out there on the street, or in this case, watching a basketball game. So I'd imagine that Ron Artest didn't exactly, you know, win, uh, win, win Man of the Year award in the NBA that year when he went nuts at the, uh, at the Palace in Auburn Hills in that famous fight between uh, the Pacers and Detroit. But I, I can understand and I can see why. Because you ain't going to tolerate but so much foolishness from these, from these clowns. I mean, yeah, it's, it, 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 it needs to stop plain and simple. Bunch, bunch of jackasses who think, oh, look, look at me. I'm going to throw popcorn on, on Russell Westbrook. I mean, really? That, 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 I mean, really? That's, that's what you're doing with your time? Find something else better to do, will you please? I, uh, I mean, did you, did you learn nothing from the fact that we were locked up and you couldn't go to a game to throw crap on people? And, and and all of a sudden you finally get the opportunity to come back to an arena and come back to a live and sit and spectate of a live sporting event and and you dopes don't know how to act properly, including the idiot uh, that that some else only was able to spit over over a over fifty cent shoulder onto Trey Young in the Nick game the other night. I mean, really? All of a sudden they start they start. All of a sudden, they start letting fans back into the arenas and start having playoff games in teams' homes arena in front of fans, and these morons don't know how to act. I mean, it's astonishing. And 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 with the Madison Square Garden thing is, and I, my eyes is worse because you spitting on someone that's like the utmost sign of disrespect. And second, newsflash, you morons. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, when we're sitting, when we're spitting on people, really, this is what we're going to do now. In the middle, we're still in in this pandemic. It ain't over yet. It wasn't as bad as it was this time last year, but we're still in it, and we're spitting on people after we essentially were sequestered and locked in our houses and couldn't go no freaking where this time last year and a few months before, locked up, sequestered in our houses. And we finally are blessed with the opportunity to get out and somewhat live our normal lives again to a certain degree and go to basketball games, no let a Nick playoff game, and we're going to spit on opposing players because he wears a different uniform that isn't the New York Nick orange and blue. Really? In the middle of a pandemic, we're spitting on people. This is what we're going to do now. But yet the Trey Youngs and the Russell Westbrooks of the world are hotheads or are out of line or are overly sensitive if they if they go if they go uh, Tasmanian devil on their behinds and wants to get up in the stands and, and, and give them a two piece and a biscuit. It's just dumb. Complete it's egregious, it's asinine, it's infantile and it, it, these fans got to have a better sen- got to have a better uh, got to have a better uh sense of of of, of having a of having a a, a a monitor of their self-awareness i mean just the the immaturity and the lack of self-awareness from these dopes is absolutely mind-boggling i mean it is I mean, you can't defend it. Don't sit here and tell me I'm wrong. No, I'm not. 
but you, you can't defend it. It's infantile. It's egregious. It's asinine. It's 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 childish to the tenth degree. It's petty. It's pathetic. It's weak. It's punkish. I mean, and, 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 and it's despicable. And it shows that that person is completely classless, ignorant as hell, and has a total lack of self-awareness, to be quite honest with you. Especially with the moron that spat. I mean, we're sitting here trying to get vaccinated and we're still wearing masks and stuff. And you're sitting up here spitting on people. What the hell are we doing? Total lack of self-awareness. I mean, it's a lack of self-awareness in general. If you sit there and act out, throw popcorn on people, uh, make it make, uh, insult their family, say racist slurs and stuff like that. But but especially what we what we have came out of and what we're still living with and live and being a part of today in late May 2021, the fact that moron spat on someone, just a total lack, total lack. Of self-awareness. And the NBA needs to do something about it. Because the NBA players, and nor should they, put up with this nonsense and keep continue to put up with this foolishness. And I heard Shaquille O'Neal made the point uh, the other night. With the, and Stephen A. Smith made this similar point uh, on his uh, show First Take earlier this week. You know, if it, if it was a la Ron Artest and he went into the stands... Or if there was a player doing something egregious off the field, their name and their face would be plastered all over the internet, all over social media, and all over television. All over. When it comes to these nuts that that sit up here and want and want to cut the fool at these games, their name needs to be released. They need to release their name and put their face all over the internet and all over television. Because what's going to stop this is the public... This is the point that Shaq made the other night. What's going to stop this is the public humiliation factor. Anyone can get around an, an indefinite or a ban at one arena. All you got to do is just basically make sure you, you don't buy anything from the arena, especially, not, especially with uh, credit or debit cards. You weigh yourself in disguise. You you know you you alter your facial appearance somewhat as best you can, and and and, and you get and you get like you know your homeboys or your or or someone that's close to you. You get them to buy you the tickets. Anyone can get around and can get can get around that. It's the public humiliation factor is going to put a stop to it. That's what they need to do. Stop sitting here trying to be cute and trying to be soft and protecting people's identity and all this other gooberish nonsense. Need to put these punks out there in the open for the world to see how much of a clueless, idiotic, infantile jackasses these people in Philadelphia and in New York that these people really are. They need to put their name and their face all over the place. So when they go to a family function or go to a, a function with their friends or they show up to work, 
their name and faces all over the place to the point where 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 they can't go anywhere without being recognized for doing something so so doggone stupid. It's a joke. The public humiliation factor. And and quite honestly, we can't. Who can blame these athletes for getting high-tempered and for getting pissed off and for getting upset? I don't blame them. If they, if they, if they, if they are that, if they are that steaming mad to the point where they want to go ahead and and, and kick some of these nincompoops' ass, I'm a, I'm full 100% on the player's side on this one, because 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 this foolishness is getting ridiculous. It really, really is. I mean. After all that we've been through as a nation, as a society, and you're going to sit here and cut the fool and throw popcorn on people and spit on people when we're still in the middle of a freaking pandemic. You must, you must, must be kidding me. That's your program for today. Mike and OC, happy birthday, pal. Happy 60th. If you like what you heard, new to the program, please subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatella underscore podcast and the show on Twitter at Amatella underscore it is. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my birthday regardless how crappy the weather is here in Baltimore. I will talk to you Wednesday. See you.